0: A show dedicated to helping you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. Hello and welcome to the Money and Meaning
1: Show with Jeff Bernier. My name is Mike Bernard and I am your host. Thanks for being with us. Like Jeff, I myself am a certified financial planner licensee. This show is all about helping you discover what matters most and then helping you get your actions and resources in alignment with those life goals. We combine excellence and wealth management with the pursuit of meaning and purpose in your life. Jeff Bernier is the founder, president, and chief investment officer at Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, a wealth management firm in Alpharetta, Georgia, a suburb in the greater Atlanta area.
2: Yeah, welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks for joining me on this journey. Looking forward to our discussion today.
1: Yeah, me as well. I always do. I noticed, Jeff, uh, so I'm kind of a troll on social media, (laughs) I noticed that uh, some of your posts recently, that you had your mid-year investment webinar last month. So I'm assuming right before you went on, you had the crystal ball and maybe a palm reader and did all these forecasts of what's going to happen with the markets.
2: Yeah, right, Mike. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure our audience know that Mike is asking this question with his tongue firmly planted in his cheek. It's a joke because he knows that we don't make market or economic forecast. You know, I believe as, as John Con, uh, Kenneth Galbraith got it right many years ago when he said, the only function of economic forecasting is to make astrology look respectable. <laughs> so I think that's pretty good. I, yeah. I saw another one recently, I actually used this in the, in the webinar. Uh, it was written by Edgar R. Fieldler. He said, he who lives by the crystal ball soon learns to eat ground glass. <laughs> so yes, we hosted our mid-year update. I also call it, you know, fun with charts and graphs because we use a lot of, you know, images from various resource um, partners. Uh, So, yeah, it was a, it was but no, we did not make economic or market forecasts.
1: Got it. Well, I love, I love those quotes. Certainly appropriate. So if you're not making decisions based on a forecast, so how, how how do people make investment decisions, especially right now?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you asked the question because it's really the topic I want to discuss today which I'll just call the process.
1: Okay, the the process. Okay, what is the process?
2: Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the process. Um, so let me set this up for you, okay. if, if I could. I've been I've been thinking a lot recently about ego.
1: Okay, like my ego in before the show today, <laughs> or
2: well, maybe. <laughs>
1: okay, okay, so like Freudian psychology yeah. sort of thing.
2: Yeah, kinda. Okay, um, but it's really more about as humans. You know, our ego craves certainty. We, we don't like surprises. And when in reality, um, we live in a, a world that's very uncertain. Uh, it's very chaotic. Uh, some call it a VUCA world, right?
1: Yeah, I've heard that term. I've used that term. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Volatile, uncertain. Complex. Uh, complex and ambiguous, yep. right? Like a, VU, a VUCA world. Mm-hmm. Another word that I learned uh, a few years ago is a, is an, is a physics word called entropy. And entropy is really that state that lacks predictability, or it's a gradual design to disorder. But you can really just think about it as surprise. So when you get a surprise outcome, and as I mentioned, as humans, we just don't like surprises. Um, Although, you know, some of our greatest growth and learning comes from surprises, but we don't like surprises. Um, So today, I just want to think a little bit about this desire for predictability, in an unpredictable world.
1: Okay, I see the connection that you're making here, the desire for certainty and predictability, and that kind of connects to that forecast joke that we were making. So what's all this have to do with the process that you shared a moment ago?
2: Yeah, so when I was really young, growing up in South Georgia, um, we had a well-respected high school football coach in our town. And I remember he asked my dad once, he said, Walt, how would you feel if your job depended on the decisions of a bunch of teenage boys? So you talk about unpredictable. (laughs) And so let's fast forward a bit to today. Mm -hmm. And uh, now this part's a little painful for me, Mike, as you well know. Uh, so who won who who's won the most college football championships in the last 20 or 30 years would you say? Oh my say? goodness. I
1: want to say the good old Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, but I know that's not <laughs> <true>. that's <laughs> not true either. So Don't this one even. hurts both of us. Uh Crimson Tide. Yeah. Alabama. Nick, Nick Saban. Yes. Right.
2: Right. So uh, and of course, you well reminded me in January. He got he got number six. He got his sixth national championship between uh, LSU and Alabama at the start of this year, beating you know beating my dog. Uh-huh. So this yes. is a little painful yeah. to even talk about. So what does Saban preach? You know, Saban preaches staying true to the process. That's the term he uses a lot. The process. And so, in other words, he 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 teaches focusing on steps that lead to success so that you can control those things, you can control, but don't worry about the outcome.
1: Which is interesting because, so I was at Michigan State years ago oh, yeah. when, when Nick Saban was there. Were you? Okay. And, and it was at a time when Michigan State really did not have a great football team, and yet it was the first time we'd made a bowl in a long time. We had a good season. Yeah. And then he went on to LSU. Right. Same process, got great results. Right. And then Alabama was floundering right. when he went there. That's right. And so actually the only spot, it didn't work for him was in the NFL, but wherever he went in college, yeah, whatever his process is, that consistency, it's led to predictable success. That's
2: right. That's right. So, but the theme is don't worry about the score, which is an outcome, Mm -hmm. focus on the input. So don't worry about the output, focus on the input. And so the input in in football would obviously be something like, did you do your assignment that day? Were you at the weight room for workouts this week? Did you go to class so you could stay eligible? Those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. And I'm sure you know um, the University of Georgia hired a longtime Saban assistant, uh, and he's installing in in our program um, his version of the process. Yeah, I kind of like him better, actually. By the <laughs> way, <laughs> well, he, he's he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a pretty likable guy. Yeah, but, he is, yeah. But he's intense, and but but he's but the point of it is he's taking uh, a process that he learned from Saban, and he's trying to install it. I remember during the Rose Bowl this year. Uh, I you know I follow some of the players on on Twitter or social media, and their tweets were constantly during the Rose Bowl week you know mm-hmm. where they're going to parties at you know at Disneyland and all the things they do out in California. All their tweets were keep the main thing the main thing. That's was their theme. Mm-hmm. So they weren't you know it showed them all these great places and the the, the and the tagline was always keep the main thing the main thing. Mm-hmm. Which essentially was their way of saying, "Don't get wrapped up in the distractions of the events, mm-hmm. because we're here to play a football game. So stay true to the process."
1: Okay, so 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 connect these dots. Then, how does this relate to dealing with the desire for certainty in an uncertain world? Right.
2: So so what you can do, or what Sabin has done, and what other successful people have done, is you create rules, habits, and disciplines that you can control over time. That through research you learn has a high probability of success. Mm -hmm. And it gives you confidence, even in this seeming chaos. So you can't control the outcome, but you can control the input. Um, Many years ago, someone referred me to a book called The War of Art.
1: I've read it, it's great.
2: I read it once a year. I mean, each chapter is about a page, so it's really good for for a guy like me with short attention span. (laughs) But it's all about overcoming resistance and doing your daily discipline. And it's – and so what Stephen Pressfield writes in The War of Art, he writes about how your creativity shows up when you practice your daily discipline or your daily process. So when you practice your – the thing you can control, Mm -hmm. which is this daily process, it creates – Capacity for creativity and to actually be present. Mm. So, one more football story, um, just because I think this one's a little a little relevant to it as well. So, my fu- son played high school football just a few years ago, and his coach was a seasoned old veteran. He he got hired as the head coach actually a little bit later in life. And he actually played at the University of Mississippi many years ago. And he grew up in a football family. His dad played for Vince Lombardi. Oh my goodness! At the Green Bay Packers. So if you, so if you know of anything about the Green Bay Packers and Vince Lombardi, I mean he was a process guy. Yeah. So every Saturday morning, um, when my my son was playing football for this guy after these Friday night games, they had mandatory workouts at nine o'clock in the morning.
1: I'm sure everyone loved
2: that. Oh yeah, they, they, they <laughs> did. It was really popular with the kids. So they would have their high school game Friday night and at nine o'clock they had to show up for workouts. Oh now I'm not sure how valuable the workouts were in terms of training and strength development, but I think uh, the coach knew that high school kids are not likely to be out getting in trouble on Friday night if they knew they had to be there at nine o'clock the next morning. Hmm. So he probably figured out many years ago that this was a discipline that yielded successful results, and and so again, he had a process.
1: Yeah, yeah. So having a consistent process is important in living in an uncertain world. I, you made that connection very well. How does it connect to money and meaning?
2: Yeah, well, just like um, you know, just like a coach or a parent, um, or you and I in daily life, we can't predict what's going to happen day to day, week to week, uh, year to year. And there are things that show up that can get in the way of our pursuit of worthwhile goals. Mm-hmm. So what we, what I think we try to do as individuals, if we want to model some of these concepts, is we try to have a process on how you start the day, as an example, hmm. or how you end the day, as an example. I know Tommy Newberry um, has a coaching program called The 1% Club. He's, he's written some really interesting books. Um, he has what he calls his EMSR, which is his early morning success ritual. Mm-hmm. I know Tim Ferriss at the Four Hour week, Work Week, you know, talks a lot about this kind of stuff. Dan Sullivan, yep. at the strategic coach, uses a positive focus at the end of every day. But the key is to have a process for how you start and end your day. So elements to consider might be, you know, prayer and meditation. It might be making a gratitude list. It might be exercise. It might be review, uh, reviewing you know your five most important goals et cetera. So, I, I've just found that by having these kind of processes, it helps you be present mm-hmm. and better accept sort of what is, mm-hmm. which is which is just my term for things you can't control. Yeah, and look at challenges as opportunities instead of instead of challenges.
1: If I can do a bit of my own forecasting here, we're actually going to be talking about gratitude a little bit on the next podcast. So so make sure you stay tuned. And the other thing the, the thing that I love about this Jeff is. Um, this all harnesses a natural law. And as a Christian, it shows up biblically about the law of the harvest. What are you sowing? What are you sowing? What are you sowing? And that process long-term is going to create some type of harvest, right? Right. So we're talking about this as it relates to finances and a little bit with football. What other areas in life can this be applied?
2: Well, I mean, I think it could apply to almost any area of life. I mean, if you develop your known method that works. And, uh, you know, you can experiment and find what works for you and what doesn't. But I mean, it can be, you know, I mean, I know um, there's a lot of time management uh, tools out there, like uh, getting things done as an example. Well, that's a process. Uh, so that's a process for email, as an example. You mm-hmm. can have a process for when you go grocery shopping. You can have a process, you know, for almost anything. But it's especially helpful in running a business or managing an investment portfolio.
1: Okay, I was going to ask, because we follow a certain process in my business. So Correct. so talk a little bit about the business aspects.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, this is not a new concept. Um, I, you know, I remember probably 30 years ago or so, I hadn't been in the business that long. Uh, our firm visited another wealth management firm to learn about how they do things. This mm-hmm. was a, a pretty successful group in the Atlanta area, and as you might guess, they constantly—they actually referred to the process. Believe it or not, ah. many, many years ago, that was actually a term they used. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years later, I read Michael Gerber's book, *The E Myth*.
1: No, one of my favorites. That's
2: great, and it it taught me how to play the franchise game, and I realized that this is essentially what they had adopted. And the franchise game, basically. Says, run your business, but pretend like you're starting a franchise and your little operation is just one of a thousand locations you're going to have all over the country. And if you do that, everything has to be done in a consistent, repeatable way. So just like McDonald's University, Mm -hmm. where they test, it's the test kitchen and they test the processes, you can tinker with the process to improvement, but everything has to be consistent and uniform. So this is really important in service businesses like ours because if you don't have to think about the next step in the process, you know, you can focus on the client or the customer that's right in front of you. You can really have some empathy and listen and be present because you don't worry about what's next, what's the next step. So in our firm, I like to say all the time that we try to systemize everything that can be systemized so that we can do custom financial planning and that we can be available and present when clients have crisis or fear or challenges or, or even unique opportunities. So it's really just a, a good example of the payoff because you, you know, if you've got your process, you do get to be a little bit freer and can be present. And that can be with your spouse or your children or, or whoever. Yeah. So that's, that's generally the idea.
1: Yeah. So we started this podcast talking a little bit about the investment webinar that you had. How does all of this relate to investment planning And the money piece of money and meaning.
2: Yeah, well, your firm has a process, as you mentioned. We Mm -hmm. have a process. And certainly having a process around financial planning issues like saving and setting goals and reviewing your plan periodically is hugely important. Uh, And just like Stephen Pressfield talks about in The War of Art, you know, some of it's not uh, th- the number one thing you'd love to be doing, but you know by doing that you're going to get an outcome. Yeah. so you don't again, you can't control the outcome, but you can control the input. So in terms of financial planning, it's really, really important. When it comes to investing, it's critical that you have a process that is backed up that is backed up by evidence and research. Uh, secondly, y- you have to assess your ability to stick with the process even when it's temporarily not working. Mm-hmm. Because really the important question is not what's working now. The real important question is what works over time based on the evidence, and can you stick with it in those periods of time when it's really not working?
1: And this is just another reason why it's great to have a coach, because all as humans, I know there are areas in my life where I doubt that in the short term, Correct. right? The long term, I know why I'm doing this long term. I'm not seeing the results today, so I'm tempted to quit or change directions.
2: Yeah, and it's easy to do, and so, uh, you know, especially as it comes to the capital market. So. You know, just as an oversimplification um, in, in your ability to stick with your process. So let's say you have a goal to earn high returns. Mm-hmm. And as you and I both know, evidence indicates that equities or stocks over time earn higher returns than bonds or cash by about 8% a year. But it doesn't happen all the time. I mean, there are times when cash outperforms bonds. Right. Uh, dimensional fund advisors has a rolling returns... Illustration and it shows that 15% of the rolling 10-year periods, cash or T-bills, mm-hmm. short-term bonds beat stocks 15% inc- of the that's time. That's incredible. So, so there'll be times where stocks don't beat cash. So the, cur- the so the question is, can you stick with the process? Can you? Um, can you trust the process, and it it can be difficult. And of course, as you mentioned, this is a bit self-serving, but this is where a trusted advisor can can help. Mm -hmm. And so, Mike, in closing, I just encourage the audience um, to consider focusing on those things that matter and that they can control. So develop the process, develop the systems. Um, something that we can control uh, is developing a research-based process in several areas of life. And, again, just learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. So that's a little bit about the about the process.
1: Got it. Well, and, Jeff, you do an excellent job with that. So wonderful. That is it, folks, another episode of Money and Meaning with Jeff Bernier. We hope you've enjoyed today's discussion. Don't forget, if you want to check out previous episodes or check out Jeff's blog, just visit www.tandemgrowth.com
0: perspectives. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to help you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Jeff or Mike or comments on the show, feel free to reach out to us at tandemgrowth.com. Or you can find us on the web at www.tandemgrowth.com. Jeff Bernier is the President and Chief Investment Officer at Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. This show is a production of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC. All information discussed is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as specific financial, legal, or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. Listeners should not rely on the content of this podcast as the basis for any investment decisions. A professional advisor should be consulted and or independent due diligence should be conducted before implementing anything discussed in this show. While information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, Tandem Growth Financial Advisors LLC